Congratulations, you made it to the X-Fill. You can relax, unpack your bags, and we hope you enjoy the show. Hey there, Mike, a.k.a. MTB Trigger here, and with me as always is my co-host Ronald, a.k.a. Eric. If you are brand new, welcome. This is an Escape from Tarkov podcast where we talk about all things EFT, and our goal is to get better at the game, and we hope you come along with us on that journey. So before I talk about this week, I want to talk about next week. So don't fast forward yet, because I know some of you do it. But next week, we're actually going to do a Q&A session for episode 30. It's a big milestone for us. And so what we're going to do with that is in the episode feedback section, if you want to ask a question that both Ronald and I answer, just type out question for episode 30 or or let us know it's for episode 30 so we don't respond to it in episode feedback. But if you want to ask Ronald a question, you can DM it to me. MTB trigger and say question for Ronald episode 30 and put it there. And you can do the same with Ronald. You can send him a DM for question for trigger, whatever, um, or just put it out in general for both of us to answer. So that's going to be next week's show. Uh, We will read who asked the question, unless you want it anonymous for some reason. We want to answer those questions, have some fun. It can be Tarkov related. We'll answer some personal stuff, like if you want to like favorite foods or things like that we'll do, but we won't go super deep on personal stuff. We want to keep it mostly Tarkov, but we will answer some personal stuff if it comes in. Uh, But that's going to be the show next week for episode 30. So it can be strategy, feedback, Feelings, Tarkov, whatever you think or want, we're going to do that next week. So we look forward to that. But for this week, let's get our hideout keeping out of the way. So first, there's always a number of ways to support the show. The best, the first, the one that we always ask for is that you just share the show with a friend um, or somebody that's looking to get the game. They're struggling, they're new, or they've been playing for a while and don't have a community. Let them know about the show. Let them know about the Discord. Invite them to the community. And speaking of that, the one thing I wanted to point out this week is the looking for groups section in the Discord. And there are two ways to really engage with the looking for group section. And I've seen them work very effectively recently. However, for those that are new to Discord or new to LFG sections, I wanted to talk about it for a second on the ways to use it. So there are looking for group channels, right? Specific maps or looking for group anything. And the way to utilize that is to actually just go sit in the voice channel. Even if it's just by yourself for a little bit, most of the time somebody will join you or you will get a message from a group that's already formed saying, hey, do you want to come do this with us? And I see people grouping up all the time this way. And I know it can be kind of scary to go sit in a group by yourself, hoping that someone will find you. The truth is, yeah, you may sit there and no one picks you up, but we don't see that happen very often. So just know that that's the best way to use those channels. The other way is if you don't want to sit in a voice channel waiting is post in the LFG channel. What will happen then is you will get DMs of groups picking you up. You know, they're not likely going to post in the looking for group section. You're just going to get DMs of people that are looking to run and want to run with you. So I wanted to talk about that because we have new people coming in all the time. I see it in the introduce yourself section like, hey, I want to group up. I want to play. So I would encourage you guys to do that. 
Ronald and I jump in from time to time when we see groups forming up, but we also see groups forming up basically every single night and all day now. Like there's almost always a group or two running. And then at night, there's usually four or five, sometimes six. So use the looking for group. It's really cool way to jump in and get some help if you need it or help others if you don't want to work on your tasks for some reason. But as far as uh, hideout goes, that's it. Uh, if you're looking to engage or chat with me, the best place to do that is on Discord, Twitter, or Twitch. I stream a few days a week at usually 1 p.m. Central during the week and then Sunday nights as well. But it's MTB Trigger everywhere there. You can send me a DM anywhere. I try to respond to everything I possibly can. But after that long-winded intro, Ronald, how are you, man? Let these folks know how they can get in touch with you as well. Hey, what's up, everybody? Uh, good to be talking to every one of you again this week. Looking forward to a good show. A couple things. You can get a hold of me directly on Discord. That's the best way. You send me a DM at Ronald. You can Find me at the top of the list of the host section next to MTB. This week, I'd like to talk a second in the hideout here keeping about uh, YouTube. We're very close on YouTube to a major milestone for the show. So we're almost to 1,000 subs on YouTube. And so if you haven't checked out the XP Media Now YouTube site, that's where all of the Xville boot camp series are, our guides for Tarkov. That's where you can see this show, the talk show version of this show, where you can see MTB and I actually doing it. You can check out all kinds of guides on PUBG and some other stuff there too. So I highly encourage you to check it out. We ask that to support the show, if you could go ahead and sub on YouTube, that'd be a way that you could support the show this week. The other thing I'd like to highlight is on xpmedianow.com, we had an article from our very own The One Heart on the trials of Tarkov, and he talked about uh, his experiences and how he learned how to use flashlights. This is another way we're getting content out there for you through the blog at xpmedianow.com. I highly encourage you to go check out that article. It was very well written. And a uh, special thank you to the One Heart. We always appreciate uh, everything that he comes up with for us. But that's about it uh, for hideout keeping for me this week. Just round it out with always to remind you that you can email the show directly at xpmedia2020 at gmail.com if you have something more formal or something you don't want to send in a Discord DM, if that makes sense. But that's about it for this week. So Trigger, how was your week in Tarkov? Oh boy. <laughs> I am working on some of the harder to achieve tasks that aren't like super linear. So I've been working on headshots while I have a tremor and I've got two out of three which is maddening like trying to get that final headshot while I have a tremor has been a horrible ruble sink like I've lost so much money trying to do it but I've been working on that I've been working on grenade kills and I think I'm on 10 out of 12 there I'm working on the health skill task which I have athlete done, which is, I think, the one... I don't know the order it is, but there's one that needs 10 health skill. And there's another one that when you complete it, gives you two health skill points. And I think that's athlete. And so I'm trying to get health to eight so that I can turn that one in and then get the 10 one done at the same time. So I'm working on that. And then I'm also working on the charisma skill to get that task done. So kind of grindy right now. I've been doing it in factory a bit. And I've sort of combined this with my current tasks that I've set for myself, which are I want to do the trade for the thick items case because I wasn't able to do that last wipe because it was sold out. So I've been farming moonshine. So from the very day that I got my, what is it even called? The moonshine generator. 
What is it? The booze generator. The booze generator. <laughs> just, it was like it wouldn't, wasn't working. So from the very day that I got the booze generator, I have been keeping every single moonshine. I have not put one through the scav case. And as of today, I have 48 out of the 50 needed for the thick items case trade. And I actually look at it as 53 moonshine because you can do a trade with one moonshine for 10 vodkas and you need like 30 or 35 of those. So I'll plan on making 53 moonshine and then I'll probably end up buying most of the um, Jack Daniels you need for it. But I'm probably a few days away from trading for my second thick items case after getting the one from the task. So there was that one. And then the last thing I've been working on is finishing out my hideout. So the last thing I did, I've upgraded every single thing in my hideout. And now I am 44 out of 50 graphics cards. So I've just been grinding these tasks out in factory. And then every time I get up to a million rubles, I buy a graphics card. And I'm six away from completely finishing the hideout. So I'm pretty pumped for that because I've been riding a very low ruble count <laughs> for a long time. So it sounds like a lot, but it's been, uh, I haven't had a ton of playtime this week, but that's what I've been doing when I've been on. Yeah. So where did you put all those moonshines? That's a lot of moonshine in the store. <laughs> so I have a Jaeger trade for the Holodilnik's box that's called Moonshine and that's full. And I think it holds like 30. Uh, maybe a little less than that, like 28. And then the rest are in tactical rigs inside of my thick items case. <laughs> and they're just stuffed full of moonshine and vodka and the Jack Daniels. <laughs> it's a total mess, dude. <laughs> oh, man. That, that, how much is that trade worth? Like, how, how much is 53 bottles of moonshine worth? Do you know? So Moonshine sells for, I think it's like 200K is what I usually plan on for Moonshine. So, I mean, just a direct calculation. If it's 200K, which I think is low, and you need 50 of them. I mean, it's 10 mil, right? And the vodka and the Jack Daniels are, I think the Jack Daniels is normally 30K a pop, and I don't even know on the vodka, but my gut was saying probably around 12 million. Um, and truth be told, I could probably sell all the moonshine and all of the other stuff and buy a thick items case, but I just want to do the trade because I've farmed for it. It's one of those things that I missed out on last wipe because they got sold out and I really don't care if I lose money doing it. I want to do the trade just to have farmed it up and done it because that's just the, the goal I set out for the first decision I made not to sell the single moonshine so far this wipe. Yeah, I think that's pretty cool. And I mean, the money part will come later, but it is, it's fun to set a goal and get there. And it's fun to like that part of the game say, hey, you know, this wipe, I wanted to make sure I could try that and just say, yeah, I've done that. Cause it's kind of a grindy thing, right? You know, it's a, it's a time sink and it's a money sink for sure, you know, to get there. Yeah. I mean, the big thing that I'll say for someone who's looking to do this, killing scavs and lots of them is a great way to funnel this because the hardest part about continually keeping your booze generator going is actually the sugar, in my opinion, because buying the two chocolates that are like 30K a pop now, it's 60K every time you want to create one sugar and Moonshine takes two. So you're 120K in if you're just making the sugar for that. And then you have to do the super water, you know, through the water thing. <laughs> 
name. Who knows? See, this is this is my problem. I never remember the names of stuff. But <laughs> you know, you've got you've got to make the super water. So keeping that going all the time is you're right. It's it's a grind. It's a set it and forget it kind of thing, but there's nothing worse than logging in and being like, oh my gosh, I forgot to put a blue water filter in to make a super water. So now this whole sort of chain is stalled until I have another super water. So it's been an interesting uh, learning experience farming this up purely on my own versus just getting the money and buying a thick items case off the flea market. Yeah, this week I had a similar experience. I made my last two graphics cards for the farming quest because I just couldn't just couldn't find any. And I know that sounds ridiculous because I know there's people that find them all the time, but I'm not having good luck finding them. So um, I decided, you know what, 34 hours a piece, we'll just make two this week and spend the whole week making them. What's really interesting to me is that it's a profitable craft. It was less than what they were selling on the, on the flea for, which I thought was kind of interesting. Like there's probably 50 to 70K profit in making it, at least when I was making them. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah, and the GPUs have been fluctuating like crazy because um, I bought, you know, 44 of them <laughs> over the last couple weeks and mostly bought. I think I crafted like three of them and then found maybe three or four of them. But the vast majority are purchased. And I've seen them as low as 320K and I've seen them as as high as 450K. And so I've been buying them in the 370 range. It seems to be the average from what I've seen. But like there's even people that have found them in the 200s. There's people that have been on when they're 500. So yeah, it's GPUs are super interesting. Yeah. And so that was kind of like, a, okay, I want to get this stupid quest that I've had in my log done for a long time. I'm actually having the same problem with spark plugs. I need two spark plugs and I have searched hundreds of file cabinets and I have not found any spark plugs. It's just crazy, you know, not being able to turn in things that are not find and rate has made the tasking system different. So because of that, it's got that that quest hanging around. But overall, I'm I'm in the mid 20s now, firmly into level 25, which opened up uh, Gunsmith 13. So I did that this week, built the MPX and turned that in for some sweet XP. And I did a couple other, uh, finished off a couple other smaller tasks that I had lingering around for customs. There was two tasks on customs that I was doing the, I think the chemicals, chemicals part one, two, and three. I did those this week. And now I've got, um, got I have to do friend from the West to get peacekeeper tasks unlocked. So I got that opened up and... It's been a, you know, it's been kind of an interesting week of rounding off some of those kinds of things, but I'm in a spot now where my hideout is literally, I'm level 25 and I need to upgrade my generator. And so I need to get to mechanic three and I can't do that until I'm, I have the rep and I have the spend, but I can't do that until I get to uh, level 30. Right. So I have to quest or grind for five more levels. Uh, right now to do the next meaningful progression in the hideout. Um, And it's kind of a, you know, it's an interesting wall to look up, right? It's kind of a kind of a bottom of a hill right now. So I'm in a weird spot with Tarkov. I needed to kind of take a break for a few days because it wasn't going well. And realizing that the tasks that I have to do now are a bunch of, you know, kill this with this kind of thing. So the tremor tasks, the, you know, the kill without the armor on woods task, which is for me anyways, has been a little bit ridiculous. I've lost a lot of money and time trying to do the kill the scavs task without armor. Woods is just 
crazy right now. I got kind of a weird spot, so I took a break for a couple of days in Tarkov and went to, you know, played another game for a while and kind of came back a little bit uh, today, a little bit kind of refreshed and jumped back in. But it's a weird rut to get in. Uh, there's like a dead zone, I think, right where I'm at because I pushed the hideout because I know how to make money. And so I pushed everything in the hideout as far as I could go and probably quicker than what it's supposed to be. And I know how to cheese the vendors. And even with the way things are now, I still found a few ways to cheese all the vendors. So I have all of my reputation and all of my spends are way past what I even need for level four everywhere. So, but it's like I'm at this five level gap, which is a weird spot. It feels weird. So it's not necessarily I'm negative on it, but there's got to be other people out there like me who are kind of in this mid 25s or, you know, mid 20s and maybe got to the spot where they're staring up to the next meaningful spot is. 30 with a mechanic for the hideout, or I can't even unlock new tasks until 28, I think. 28 is my next task unlock. Yeah, it's funny, right? This is an interesting kind of concept, and I guess I kind of want to talk, I mean, you threw out all the buzzwords that I think we can talk about this. I mean, truth is, I think everyone has experienced a Tarkov rut. I know I have. Uh, The way that I get through it, I'm guessing, is probably very different from how you get through it. And there may be some people that have wildly different ways to get through something like this. But that dead zone in the mid-20s is a really interesting one to me because I, I felt the same thing. And for me, I really, really, really like the Swordens, the headset from Ragman, which is loyalty level three. And I believe Ragman's also level 30, right? I know Mechanic is, but I think it's Ragman too. Yep. I'm not I'm not Ragman 3 yet, so for sure it's yeah. not 25. Yeah, so I, I also had an interesting rut in this time where that mid-20s and, you know, it's not a secret to anybody, but I like Factory, but I like Factory when I'm wearing Swordens. So for me to get through those mid-20s, it was like, I need experience, and the tasks I have require a heck of a lot of rubles because they're restrictive tasks, right? Jesse Kazam from last week has me thinking about restrictive and how some of the tasks restrict you, and they end up forcing you to spend a lot of money if you die sometimes. The way I got through it was I had to spend money on Swordens because I couldn't get them from Ragman yet, and I really wanted them because when I was doing this, Swordens were like 50k. It was like 50k to buy Swordens. It was crazy. And so when I died, that hurt. And then you also get access to all kinds of like class four tack rigs. Um, You get access to, I think, the 6B23 armor. Um, Just sort of that like all around good armor to wear all the time is what level 30 gets you. So like I know exactly how you're feeling right now. It does feel like a dead zone. And I find that really interesting that we both experience the same dead zone because it's there. It's absolutely there. Yeah, and I actually have swapped out my armors now because the stuff that I can buy from the traders is junk. And so I've just been buying Giselles. I've been buying Giselles that need to be repaired and trying to keep, you know, trying to keep the repair cost plus the unit under, you know, 150, 140K. And because of that, so because that's a class five armor, it does absorb, you know, I can go out and farm XP in factory and get hit by a scav or two and not die. You can at least get enough to to deal with it. So I'm going to end up probably in that same scenario. So I'm going to end up in that scenario where I'm going to be farming some XP uh, just because the task progression that I'm at right now, it's punishing and that's fine. It just, it's going to be expensive to get some of these tasks complete. 
I've kind of worked the edges of the task system and everything that's left in my list. I, I look at it like every day and I'm like, oh yeah, I'm going to go log in and do a task. And I look at them all and I'm kind of like, ugh, <laughs> maybe, maybe I'll, uh, maybe I'll go farm factory for a while and <laughs> keep pushing to 30. And it just is the way that it is for me. I feel like I have to have access to more gear to lose more of it. I don't know. And maybe that's wrong, but I feel like I just need more access to level four gear consistently from trader prices to be able to go out there and work on some of these headshot onlys or, you know, kill only with this type of weapon or like I've got the task to kill a bunch of, I think it's scavs with just the AK and then scavs at 40 yards with the Mosins and, you know, which is fine. They're fun to do. And I actually find the act of doing it engaging. But if you die with a loadout and then you always have to go back to the flea to buy something that's relevant, you know, to do that task again, it just gets a little expensive and kind of I don't know. It just doesn't feel right. So, so it just kind of has forced me to just kind of farm XP. Yeah, and I guess that's the way that I ended up looking at it as well. And I guess my thought process on it is a lot of the tasks tend to push us into doing something or restricting us in a way where you have to learn a new skill, right? Whether it's get player kills with a shotgun and you basically aren't wearing armor or a helmet at least. You know, forcing you to probably be a little sneakier and shoot for headshots, things like that. And you got the Mosin task where you have to shoot him in the leg or you shoot him in the head and then you have to kill the sniper scavs and things like this, right? It's forcing you to play differently because most people don't play like all of those ways all the time. And so I'm sitting here wondering about this dead zone. Do you think there are specific areas where Battlestate was like, we want to teach players how to farm experience. The mid-20s seems like a real dead zone. I, I agree with you on it. Do you think that was intentional by Battlestate to say, okay, this is where we need players to learn how to farm XP to get to that next level, to get to the next tier, I should say? That's interesting. I want to think that it is, but my gut tells me that it's not. So <laughs> it's kind of a weird scenario. Like I want to give Battlestate credit for creating a, a system that would do that, but I don't think in a hardcore game that they would do that. Like, I don't think that would be an intentional design. I think it's more a byproduct of just the way the systems in the game right now, today, currently, yeah, play themselves out. So it's not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, there are times where you just have to go farm. That's part of any game. And I don't mind it because farming is fun. I mean, if you drop into a raid and your soul goal is to just go farm scavs and PMCs and just you're not worried about sticking something somewhere for 30 seconds and surviving some weird thing we're out in the open. You're worried about just playing the game the way that you like to play it, whether that's fast or slow or whatever, but your goal is just to go farm. That actually is fun. So if anything, I would say it may be an unintended side effect of the way that the progression system and task system is running right now. Yeah. But I don't necessarily think it's it's a bad side effect, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. So maybe it's not intentional, but I don't think it's maybe bad. Does that make sense? It, yeah, it does. I just find it interesting that you're running into the same one that I felt. It was like level 25, 26 when I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to have to grind factory for four levels. And, you know, I, I look at it and say, maybe it wasn't an intentional design decision. And the funny part is, as a developer, I think these are cool, unique decisions because you know what they could do? At level 24, 25, they could put a task in that says, kill 120 scavs. It's just a task that's randomly put in there, doesn't attach to any quest chains or whatever. 
but it gives you this sense of like, oh my gosh, I have to figure out how to kill all these scabs. And they have the opportunity to lead players into what's needed in the game. We don't know how much experience is going to be needed when it goes persistent and all that kind of stuff. But I just think that there's a real opportunity there because the mid-20s does feel like a dead zone. I agree with you. I just think they have some cool opportunity. Yeah, I think items and currency in any game introduce variability to progression. So because of that, I think different types of play styles will end up in this position at different points. You know, you and I come from MMO backgrounds, pretty heavy. And so when we look at items and currency and that whole type of style of system, we are very comfortable with it. And we naturally kind of find ways to use it to our advantage, you know, very quickly. It doesn't take long for us to figure that style out. And I'm kind of trying to think about this from the lens of someone not like me. So someone who never played an MMO and just has played shooters and maybe the speed at which the adoption of the items and currency money making slash item system may be a little bit slower or maybe played differently. Maybe that changes the gameplay and the progression in a way that makes a little bit more sense. Because I do kind of feel like the positions that I've gotten to with the hideout have been very quick and have felt like I've figured out a way to get around what their natural pacing, what they want that pacing to be. Because I've hit hideout marks along the way where it feels like I'm ahead in some places and then behind in others. It's okay. And I think it's just because I enjoy that part of the game. So I pushed all of the things I like to do to the point where, you know, there's no more of that to do. And so now I'm back to having to farm XP instead of just doing it all at the same time in proportional amounts. So basically, I think it's my fault that I am where I am. Well, in a funny way, I'm going to say, yes, it's your fault. (laughs) But the reason I'm saying it is because you are talking about turning in the two graphics cards for farming the task that you have to do find and raid. And I seriously don't think I turned that in or even got that task till like level 35. So I think in some ways, because of your progression through the hideout, I think you've actually progressed in some of the task lines probably way ahead of where you're supposed to be, which is cool that there's not a gate on some of it. Because, yeah, I mean, I had that task way later than 25. So for you to be that far ahead in your hideout where you can craft those already and turn that part of the task in, that's fantastic. Whereas for me, plugs weren't the issue. For me, it was also the graphics cards, but I got it way later, and then I had to craft them because the ones I found in raid, I turned into the. Uh, I don't. I did something stupid. I might have sold them, or <laughs> I don't know what I did. But then I ended up having to craft one of them, I believe. So I think maybe it's your fault, but also kind of in a cool way. It's is a dead zone, but I don't know. That's a fascinating little study on why you're where you are. Yeah, it's something I've been thinking about, actually, because the way that the game is set up right now, and we're in beta, right? So they're testing the progression, this wipe of all the changes that they made. I've been thinking about, well, it'd be interesting to see if next wipe, if they tweak the system even further, and maybe they change it so that there are harder barriers in the hideout and flea market usage progression. And I'm not advocating for it to be more punishing. What I'm saying is that the milestones are spread out more by gameplay necessity versus you can work around it if you understand the systems and their intricacies, right? So 
I guess I'm just trying to say that there's there's probably some smoothing to the curve when it comes to the hideout progression. I would like to see that happen in the next iterations of it before it goes live and persistent because I feel like right now the hideout progression kind of loses um some of the specialness of it and some of the things you really look forward to using it for because you get gated behind like I am like I have a legitimately probably a I'm guessing so someone can look it up and tell me I'm wrong in the comments but I'm guessing I'm gated behind 300 or 350,000 XP at least to get from 25 to 30 and that seems like a pretty hard gate so you know there's probably a way to smooth that out I'm curious I'm looking it up <laughs> I I think it's worth looking up because it's really interesting from my perspective right now because I feel like I'm in a rut and like we just described, I feel like it's a self-inflicted rut, but now it's it'd be curious, the game let me get here and now how much do I have to go to get out of this, you know, using the game mechanics for XP? Yeah, so it is 270,000 experience, yep. Okay, so I was off by about 80,000. So 270,000 experience, right? So that's probably... At 5,000 XP a raid on average, that's 50, 64 raids. It's a lot. Or fi- 54 raids. Math is hard. So, you know, 54 raids, that's a, for me as a casual player. So if I if I get two in a day, that's a month of playtime. You know, and so I look at that and I'm like, oof. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it is, right? That's it's super interesting because... I think the idea of the dead zone, I think the most fascinating thing to me about the dead zone is that in a seasonal game, which is where we're at right now in Tarkov, dead zones aren't that bad, but they really hurt the casual player base because when you don't have a lot of playtime, anytime you hit a dead zone, it can be really challenging to be like, oh my gosh, dude, it's going to be like weeks before I'm out of this area. So I get that, you know, and I, again, I do want to talk about how to get out of like a Tarkov rut, because I think a dead zone and a rut are two things. Sometimes they combine, they don't always combine. But I also think if the game were to go persistent, the dead zones don't matter as much, because once you're through them, you're through them. You don't have to go do it again unless you choose to go do it again. And I think that's the rub here is it's like every time I start thinking about both sides of where the game is now and where the game wants to be, I just my brain starts to boil because it's like, how do you fix this right now? Is there a way to fix it now that also works for the vision of the future? That's where it gets really challenging. I really like Jesse Kazam last week made a great point about buying into the vision for the game, you know, and being, you know, excited about what they want the game to be. And it may take a while for it to get there, but being excited for what they want it to be. I actually don't care at all about being stuck in a dead zone. If this game was persistent, I would actually encourage BSG to slow everything down. When when it goes persistent, you know, I would cut the XP by whatever percentage, you know, would be reasonable because you would want to make the, you know, maybe change the structure a little bit too. So it's not just artificially slow it down. I would probably make more meaningful points at which you would reach, make more of them, but make them less impactful. It's getting that hit of accomplishing something that happens, you know, if you can do that more often, but make those things be less impactful so they don't break the overall game design. I think players in general just respond better to that kind of a game design. And especially in a hardcore game where it's hard, right? It's meant to be difficult. It's meant to be fun. It's meant to showcase your skill. 
It's meant for you to show off how good and you are at maps and all that stuff. And so if you had more of those carrots that give you that emotional hit of, hey, you accomplished something, you know, there's definitely some value in that. But it's really weird because, uh, you know, I'm thinking about this, you know, so if I'm staring at a month and I don't know what, how, I don't know how long it'll take me, if it takes me, you know, if I really get into it with you on some nights or some other folks and we really clean up, you know, it could be shorter than that if I get busy and can't do it uh, as often, it could be longer than that, right? So, and it thinks like, okay, so then we'll be two or three months into this wipe. Then it becomes, okay, there's going to be another wipe soon-ish. At what point do you have diminishing returns on your effort? And that's an artificial barrier put in by the cycle, right? And a game design that's meant to be persistent, but an implementation that is cyclical or seasonal or whatever you want to call it. You get this situation where you you start making these judgment calls on time invested versus it's all going to be reset again soon. And, you know, I think that's that's how people get into the Tarkov rut. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. And I think you see it at the end of wipes for the most hardcore streamers, tons of hours in all the time where they're like, oh my gosh, it's about to wipe. I need, I need to clear my brain out so that I can go through this again because I'm about to lose all of my progression again. I think the thing that I can most relate this to is I got invited to the World of Warcraft beta a bunch of times for different expansions. And I would always go in and run around for like 30 minutes. And then I was like, okay, that's 30 minutes that I'll do again later. <laughs> and I that was it for me. Like, I'm not a good beta tester when I don't know when or how it's going to go. But for some reason, I'm really good beta tester for Tarkov. It's, it's got so much combined in it. But that's that's kind of the thing. It's like at some point, it's like, okay, you know, you see this in Diablo 3 where people play a season and then they don't play for two seasons and then they come back a couple later. Again, it's just that weird sort of middle ground where, you know, I think BSG is moving towards that persistent model. They keep saying that. And so this is just kind of an interesting sort of symptom of being stuck. But I, I do want to talk about the Tarkov rut. I want to talk about that and how to get out of it. And you said a couple key things that I've done myself in that, you know, you said, you know, you've taken a break, you've played some other games. So I guess, how do you get out of the rut? And I don't know if you're still in one right now or if you're trying to get out of one, but I, I'm just curious, like, how do you get out of a gaming rut? And it might not even be Tarkov related. You could any other games. Like, how do you get out of a rut when you're like, Man, this is kind of rough to log in right now. Oh, man. What an interesting question. It's uh, one that is not something you can answer like definitively. There's no like formula for getting out of a gaming rut. On all practical levels, you're spending your free time, right? You're spending your time when you're shedding your responsibilities in life, if you have them, and you are doing something to just recharge your batteries. For me, it's a quick and almost a snap judgment. I log into the game. I see where I'm at. And then if I'm like, oh man, I'm not feeling this. I'm not feeling like I'm going to do this for a couple hours and I'm going to come out the other side of this feeling like I spent a couple hours my gaming time doing something that I really enjoy and happy. You know what I mean? I don't want to come out of the other side of my gaming time feeling like I just put more time into another part-time job. And that's when I know that I'm in a gaming rut. When I log in and I feel that, that's for sure when I know that I'm there. In the past, I've gotten out of it a couple different ways. The first one mainly is just time. Sometimes it's just time. Everybody has a game that they've played either a long time ago. You know, I've been gaming for 20 years and I've had games that I love over that period of time that I can go back to 
that are things that are just like picking something up, you know, you know, that you left off four or five years ago or wherever that is just natural, easy. Don't have to think about it and do that. For me, that game is StarCraft. I can pick up the original StarCraft Brood War. I pick it up every year for a month or two and let it and put it back down again. I have tens of thousands of matches in that game and can play it without thinking anything about it. I do something like that. So go back to a game like that. Sometimes overcoming the rut becomes like a man challenge. So it turns into I'm stuck on something. So I need to go consume a bunch of content and I need to get better at it and learn more about it because it's not going to win. Dang it. (laughs) And I have been in that position in Tarkov before. And so I feel like that's a situation where that forces me to YouTube, spend my gaming time just on YouTube or maybe watching a streamer. But if I'm being honest with our audience, I watch streamers play. I'm excited to see the things they can do in the game. But what they do on stream doesn't help me because I can't play like they do. So it's more entertainment. It's not educational. If that makes sense. So I usually go to YouTube for that and look at guides, kind of like our Exfil Bootcamp series type things for that kind of a thing. Uh, that helps. That definitely helps because when you see something like, oh man, I missed that one little spot and it totally gets you excited to try it again. And that's a definitely a good way to get out of the rut. Um, yeah, I mean, those are those are two solid ways. I don't know. What do you think? I, they're pretty similar to mine. I mean, anybody that follows my stream at all knows that I play a pretty equal amount of PUBG and Tarkov. And in the past few weeks, I've actually played a lot more PUBG on stream for a couple reasons. I, I actually hit a rut right about when I hit 40. And, and part of it was hitting the goal as in quickly in my mind. You know, some people hit it in like two days, but in my mind, I hit 40 pretty quick. And for me, that was important. I wanted to see how I could do that. And then it was like, okay, I want to take a breather here. And then I started getting into the tasks and focusing on Kappa. And, and I got into all these really hard tasks. And I got to the point where, you know, it was really the like wearing the um, Untar stuff, the blue armor, the blue helm, where like, you know, I'm kidding out a suppressed M4 and you know, all these pretty expensive loadouts to try to give myself the best chance for finishing those tasks. And I kept dying, you know, and I I got to the point where like I was stressed out the whole time I was playing. And I like the stress of Tarkov, but I really needed to go have fun. And winning in Tarkov is one of the best feelings in any video game I've ever had. But you don't always win in Tarkov, and sometimes Tarkov beats the crap out of you. <laughs> like, it just is like, it will slap you around. Like, I'm not kidding you. I had like a nine death factory streak when I was at one of my lowest ruble counts last week. I could not win. And I was like waiting for my Bitcoin to generate so that I could gear up, and it was just this like awful cycle. And then, you know, I did kind of what you did. I was like, you know what, I'm going to go learn something. I want to learn a reserve loot run. So I started, I did like six scav runs on cooldown one night where I'd watch a video on reserve and I'd go run a scav. And I successfully exfilled like four or five out of the six. And then I ended up getting like seven, 800,000 rubles from selling all this stuff. And then I could gear up the way I wanted. And then I was able to go farm factory again. And it, it was just really interesting, though, because I had a rut where I I needed to teach myself something or go learn something so that I could, I don't know, get that spark again. But it also, I knew I was in a rut. I didn't want a task. I was low on rubles because I spent a boatload of currency in my hideout leveling it up and still am right now. But 
for me, it's either teaching myself something new and going and checking that out. And the other one's playing another game. Like there's this like weird feeling and you see this a lot on Twitch where people are like, and I consume a lot of Twitch. Twitch is probably my primary like entertainment. Um, I go to YouTube sometimes, but I would prefer to watch someone live um, and be able to type in, talk to him, that kind of thing. That's just my preferred content. You see this a lot on Twitch where people are like, man, I'm not feeling this game, but then they grind it out for like eight hours that day and then for another week and you can see it wearing on them. And I just see it a lot in the content creator world. And I'm like, man, go play something that's fun, <laughs> you know? So like, I'll go play PUBG when I'm struggling in Tarkov and vice versa. Like if I have a bunch of bad rounds in PUBG and I'm not having fun, I'll go play something else. I'll play Hearthstone or I'll load up something that I haven't played in a while. And I really think that's a key tool, a critical tool that you need to have in your belt to like step away for a minute. Like I restarted The Office, (laughs) you know, like I started watching The Office on Netflix and a few nights last week, I just went upstairs early, even though I had time to game. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to watch two episodes of The Office and then go to bed. And I took the weekend off, came back this week, and I'm just like stoked to play the game again. And like, I kind of missed it. I logged into my hideout. Everything was completed. I was out of gas and so I'm just out of fuel. And I'm just like, this is awesome. So I don't know. For me, it's that reset or teach myself something. And I don't know. I just think that's important. And it's almost like a <laughs> PSA. It's okay to step away. and. I think we all struggle with that from time to time, but you don't have to beat your head against Tarkov or any game for that matter. Yeah, I had a really good point, but now I'm thinking about the Office theme song and having a stapler in Jello. <laughs> Jim, ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. But yeah, the 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 thing that is I think important is that. It is okay to step away. You got to figure out a way in anything, right? To consume your free time, your your time with the pixels has to be something that doesn't make you bitter. <laughs> like there has to, you have to, you have to take a break before you get to the point where you're going to rage quit and tell all your friends that you rage quit and then feel stupid the next day when you're logged back in and they're like, oh, that was a, you know, a long <laughs> break, huh? That's, that is so true. Oh my gosh. I'm never playing this again. Um, never, never. This is it. I'm uninstalling. Like Alt F4. <laughs> Bye guys. I'm done. And then the next day they they see you because you forgot to turn off your Discord notification for a game you're playing. <laughs> I was going to say, but you are you forgot to turn offline on Discord. <laughs> yeah. <And> Guilty. <laughs> oh yeah. And it totally happens, right? So it just, I guess one of the things we wanted to talk about with this particular topic was just kind of two things really encourage people like this is the part of the wipe. You know, we're good. What are we eight weeks in at time of recording right now? This is mid July. So we're, we're eight weeks in ish, whatever. And so a lot of people are, you know, the, the streamers and the, the heavy guys probably hit this point earlier and casuals are probably like me. They're hitting this point too. And it's like, it's time for a break and that's okay. You know, yeah. there's a lot of people in the mid game. I bet, I bet the mid game is just stacked right now. Instead of saying that the game is too hard or with this, that, or other thing, just take a break. Take a break because the problem with being in a rut as well is when you start to raid and you're in a rut, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy and you just don't play well. And it just turns into this downward gamer, terrible, tragic spiral of death. It's not fun. So you got to find a way to have fun. And that's kind of my whole point with this. Yeah, you sort of brought up the dead zone and it kind of led me to think about the Tarkov rut because we see this in general chat in the Discord a lot where someone comes in and is like, 
hey man, I'm struggling right here. I'm trying to get to here and it's just not working. And my favorite thing is seeing all of these people list out their strategy for that section of the game. And then almost always a day later or a few days later, someone will come back in and they'll tag the person and be like, hey man, thanks for that advice. That's what I did and it worked. And like, that's the teaching thing. That's the like, okay, someone said this and it worked for them. I'm going to go learn how to do that. And then they do it. And then they're like, oh, well, while learning that, I got some experience. And then when I learned it, I did it some more and I got more experience. And oh, boom, I'm level 10 now. Boom, a level 20 now or whatever the goal is. Really good point. I'm appreciative that you like opened up with it because like sometimes it's hard to talk about like a dead zone or a rut in a game. And I've just never been shy about it. Like I just don't like hearing people say like, well, I feel like I can't play this other game because insert reason here. I just don't think that's a healthy way to look at (laughs) gaming in general. Like if you're not having fun, go do something else. If you're going to intentionally not have fun and grind something that's hard, that's different, (laughs) you know, because there's some things in Tarkov that I do not find fun and they are a grind. But I can weave other stuff into it that is fun. Yeah, absolutely. You can make your grind a choice. And in its own way, that's fun because at the end of that grind, it's very fulfilling. So you find some satisfaction in it, even if along the way it's not. But man, if you're just at the end of your rope with Tarkov, that's, that's okay. Then it's time to just take a break. Take a break and come back to it. It's like any other game. It's unlike most games, actually, in some ways, the, the amount of commitment, time, and skill it takes to be good at it. And let's face it, most of us play games and want to be good at them. The amount of time and of investment it takes to get to that point with Tarkov is so large that I think more so than maybe some other games, you can get there with this game. And and like I said, the wipe cycle and all those things, it's just, it, it's okay to take a break. We're still in beta. The next wipe's coming. You're not missing out. It is what it is. I agree. And I, since we took this kind of like hard, hard right turn, I want to, I want to bring it back to um, something that I've been thinking about a lot personally, just because of the goals I have getting the 50 out of 50 graphics cards, doing the thick items case trade. And and so for strategy this week, I, I wanted to talk about how much money or how much rubles that we keep on our person and, and the strategy behind it, because my economy, this wipe compared to last wipe is wildly different. You know, last wipe, I took advantage of, you know, doing the weapons case trades and the magazine case craft and the the sick case trades and the red rebel and, and all these things that you could buy the items on the flea market, do the trade with the trader and then sell the item and make an almost instant flip for profit. And I did a lot of that. And there was a point near the end of the wipe where I couldn't even find a way to go less than 20 million rubles and who knows how much other currency, but just a boatload of currency, right? And this wipe has been the polar opposite. And I I think it's about to change for me, but this concept of how much money are you keeping on you, I think is going to be a fascinating one. And I think it's probably going to have people laughing at me because (laughs) because I think it's going to be funny to hear the differences between us. So I'm going to make you start because mine's like, I already, I'm kind of laughing at how different it is for me. So you can guess what mine's doing. But like, do you have, how much money are you keeping on hand? Like, is there a number that you try to stay above? And I'm kind of curious why, if there is one. Yeah. So I race to about 10 million. (laughs) <laughs> and I try to stay around 10 million. And it's been different, but not any harder this way. So I... Oh, you're so rich. 
<laughs> oh gosh, I didn't think it was this bad. <laughs> oh, I feel horrible. All right, continue, rich guy. <laughs> well, in all honesty, you've bought fifty graphics cards, so it's not it's like true. you're poor. It's true. You've 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 spent you've spent <laughs> plenty of money on graphics cards. <laughs> but you know, I was concerned about this wipe or how much currency I'd be able to generate. Right, the the changes to the flea market and the find and raid system are the real deal. I actually teased everybody early on, saying, "Pretty sure I've got a way to game this system, and I'll be just fine." And basically, everything I thought would happen happened, and it's working out almost perfect. And I'll let everybody into a little bit of a secret on that because it's been about six weeks. It's not very complicated. It's actually a lot easier now to make money than it was before because a lot of the flipping that people were trying to do, you had to have a lot of money to start with to make money. So, for example, there was a high barrier to entry to the flipping concept inside of Tarkov. And what I used to use is a spreadsheet, which you first developed and I added on to subsequently over time, where I would have and we would track, right? We would track item costs and we would be able to say that, okay, it takes this much to make a May case. Let's put all the prices in on the flea market right now and let's see how profitable it is. And it doesn't matter now because you can't do any of this anymore. So we would flip May cases and then flip trades for stuff like crazy. And we made tons and tons of rubles last wipe. It was, once we figured that part of it out it you're right it was hard to stay under 20 million i mean it would just it just got crazy the amount of currency we were generating so i knew that whole system was going to be gone so towards about the last 3 weeks of the wipe i stopped doing all of that and i transitioned to okay this is what they've said is going to be find and raid and this is what they said is not going to be find and raid so i need to get efficient at farming things that are going to be find and raid that i can sell and i knew based on the task progression that there'd be certain things that would be worth a lot i took this strategy completely down the mmo path i forgot about the first person shooter for a while and i went really hard into the mmo path and all i did was play the ups and the dips in the market cuz you can't buy and resell but you sure can farm the things that are selling for a lot and so I delayed my flea market progression by a week and a half every step. And all I did was sell, I sold everything. I sold everything on the high. And a week and a half later, I bought it all on the low. And that has allowed me to get my hideout leveled, still have 10 million in currency. And I still do that. It's the same game. It's just inventory control is different. And so it's, and it's not hard. It just takes a little bit of tracking. You have to spend some time in the flea market. So you have to decide what's fun, right? So I take my time and I'll, I'll take an hour and scan the flea market and look for stuff. And once you're armed with the knowledge of what things are selling for, all right, I'll go get some of those. Or I've got Lucky Scav junk boxes full of stuff that I haven't sold yet because I'm waiting for the time to sell it. And with a little bit of patience and market timing, this whole change has not affected me a bit. That's really cool. I haven't been doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, my number is so different and I never thought it would be this way. Originally throughout tasking and I'm level 45 now. I've got everything uh max traders almost max hideout and I'm specifically wanting to talk about this now because once my hideout's done, the rate at which I've been making rubles has been pretty radically quick. I've been able to buy a lot of graphics cards in a short amount of time and complete my hideout all the way. 
And I've been, during this time, making sure to keep 200,000 rubles. That may sound really low, but the reason is I've sort of found a love for zero to heroing. And for me, the way that I play Factory and other maps is I have a 55% survival rate for the whole wipe. And typically that means I take out more guns than I take in. At 55%, I survive a little bit more than I die. And so I tend to have a lot of guns. And if you've seen my thick weapons case problem, um, I keep a lot of guns on hand. And the reason I like that and do that is I know I'm not going to get through all of them. But what it does for me is all I need to buy is a pair of swordens and a pair like a 6B23 armor or something. So for under 100k, I can take one of the guns that I have that I've gotten off another PMC or whatever. And then I can take Swordens, and then I can take a Class 4 armor, and I can go run. That's a geared raid to me. But I also have boatloads of guns that I can just go in with the gun and a Swordin. If I'm going a zero to hero, I usually just take in a headset and a gun. And then I'll go kill for a bag and a vest and on all the rest of that stuff, even armor. But for me, I like to have two or three raids worth of armor and headset because I typically have vests and armor and guns stockpiled from the way that I play. If you told me that I was going to carry less than a million rubles for the vast majority of this wipe throughout the entire time, I would have called you crazy because last wipe I spent half of it with 20 plus million. To make myself earn more rubles last wipe, I'd go buy a thick items case so, so that I had to, had to go do more flipping and, and all this other stuff. So. I just find that super interesting because you're maxed out for the hideout where you are. You know, you're kind of in a dead zone for leveling, but you have the rubles that once you unlock this stuff, you're just going to be able to go boom, hideout, upgrading, done. And you may even have a lot of the stuff. You won't even need to buy it. So like you're in a spot where, you know, you said earlier that you were buying gazelles, right? For your armor most of the time. And that's awesome, right? Because you can afford to do that. And that's a huge survivability tool, you know? So I, I don't know. This this is really cool. And I <laughs> I knew we were going to be different. I didn't know it was going to be that far. It's also two different in our, maybe our goals are different for Tarkov. I don't care about getting Kappa <laughs> at all. <laughs> and I, and I think that that's, that's okay. I think there are yeah. people that I think there are people like me that aren't like the pinnacle of Tarkov to me is not getting through the task system to get Kappa. That's just one system in the game. Yeah. So uh, some people like that. That's their thing. They feel like they've gotten through all those things. They ground it out and then they're done. I actually chose a more sustainable pinnacle to reach, and and that's maximizing the economy. Because at all levels of the game that I play, and as I, you know, am 20 levels less than you are at this point, I've enjoyed that because every step along the way, I've been able to maximize the economy to do that along, you know, along that path. So it just depends upon the type of game you want to play. And I think Tarkov for me goes into ruts because what is blocked right now is five levels of XP to get to the next level of the thing that I like to do the most. And that's okay. I'll get there. But I, I, I don't really care about getting through the tasks. If I do make it to the Kappa, it'll be great. But it's not like a badge of honor that I'm going to wear as I've beat the game. Because I don't think getting Kappa is beating the game. And I think that that's uh, a kind of a controversial thing. And I get that. And, and if you do, I respect that position. I just personally don't. 
I think beating the game at Tarkov is making the systems work for work for you wherever you're at. And I think that once you get that, then you've you're at the point where you can enjoy the game. So, anyways, all that being said, uh, I, I really am enjoying the economy. I think it's funny that we both sort of wrapped this uh, money talk, which in my mind wasn't really planned to be attached to the rut. But like all this stuff kind of weaves together in this sort of cool way where everything's related in Tarkov, but it also doesn't have to be. And to your point about Kappa not being the pinnacle, I think Kappa is the reward for choosing to do the end game tasks. That's really what it boils down to. it's kind of like you look at any other game and again we talk about wow all the time but it's like there's pvp there there's raiding there's uh five man dungeons there's crafting there's all of these end game branches and some people choose to do all of them some people choose one and in tarkov it's kind of the same way like going for kappa is a choice to do the end game tasks so I, i don't think that's controversial I think that's just, and maybe, I don't know, maybe some people feel that that's the the way that you should play the game. And I just don't agree with that mindset. I just think it's um, one of the, the end game options in Tarkov. Think of it like this. The only difference between someone who has Kappa and someone like me is that they have a larger secure container. I can buy all the same gear in the flea market for the most part. I can make the same guns by buying the parts. I guess if there's a part that's not available in the flea market and I don't have that trader unlocked, then sure, that's an advantage. There's not a lot of that. I think that it's a very good goal to have. I think it's a cool thing that's in the game, and I think it's a very valid thing to progress towards. But I don't think beating the game is getting Kappa. I think it's just one system in the game that has a logical end to it that happens to be you know, higher. It's definitely in the, the later game. But also, having a maxed out hideout, for people that like to do that, that's beating the game or, or later in the game, finding efficiencies and doing things. I mean, I've done many challenges with myself. I'm not going to buy any ammo. I have to figure out how to make it or something, you know, or creating a hardcore account, you know, where you can only do things a certain way. Those are all different ways to play the game, which beating it is just beating down the thing that you decide is fun and the challenge you lay before yourself. And so that's kind of how I look at most games is that and with Tarkov, I'm sure there's going to be some people who agree with me and some people who think I'm uttering pure blasphemy against the Kappa and all of its glory. And I'm okay with that. It's true, right? Because like I'm the type of person that I enjoy PvP no matter what it is, right? So there's always this little itch for me to be like, how fast could I get Kappa? How many people could I beat to getting Kappa? And, And that for me is something that I enjoy. But I also don't think that that's the way for everybody, you know? So there's that part of it, but I also enjoy comparing playstyles, right? And it's <laughs> I knew what I was gonna, I knew what I was getting into when I asked the question about money. It's not this like I don't really care how much money you have, but I find it fascinating the way and the efficiencies and the things that you've learned how to do to get to that point at level twenty five. And that's what I think is so cool about Tarkov is that just hearing that you were able to do that tells me that there's things that I can learn that I could add to my game. And that's what always excites me about this game is that like everywhere I turn, everybody I talk to, even if it's somebody that I talk to every week about this game, there's things that I learned tonight that I'm like, ooh, I need to go check that out. There's probably some major swings in items on the flea market and you probably know what time that occurs and I need to ask you about that. <laughs> you know, so there's all these things. So I thought that was uh, 
<laughs> it was fun to know how, how poor and ruble can I am. But and you're not wrong. I could leverage some of the stuff that I have stockpiled into money if I needed it, but trying really, really hard not to do that. So um, anyway, I mean, that's that's really I didn't know where we were going to go on the money conversation. So that's really all I had on it. I was just kind of curious where you were and the strategy behind it. So thanks for sharing. Yeah, it's a fun thing to talk about. And I think at the end of the day with Tarkov, there are so many ways to play the game. Kind of go back to saying that like we have in the past in many shows that if you, you know, you can be passionate about a certain way to do it. And I think that that's okay. But just remember, too, that there's probably, you know, 10 other people that have 10 other passions about the way to do it. So when you're talking to someone about Tarkov, whether they're playing the game right or not, that's the important thing to remember is that you're probably all playing the game the way that you want to play it, which is the right way. So I've, I've really enjoyed it, and um, I'm looking forward to seeing kind of what I can do with this system. And if it takes me a month to get to level 30, I'm okay with that. If I decide to play a bunch in the next couple of weeks, next two weeks maybe, and I blow past level 30 and do a bunch of stuff, I'm okay with that too. I don't feel any pressure to catch anybody. I don't feel like I'm missing anything, and I also don't feel like I'm playing the game wrong because I it's my time and I do it the way I want to do it. So I think everybody should feel like that. So if you're in the Tarkov rut and you're kind of like me, you're in that mid twenties, don't feel like you're doing anything incorrect or you're behind. Drop all of that. Just play to have fun and don't worry about it. Go play Starcraft. (laughs) (laughs) And if you think I'm crazy for having literally played tens of thousands of Starcraft matches, you're probably a little right, but that was, that was a long time ago. Well, I think that's pretty much it. So it's been a fun uh, fun night chatting about Tarkov, but that green bar is definitely flashing. And so that means that we are moments away from disappearing. So uh, first of all, I'd like to thank everybody from listening as Trigger tips over. And see, and if you're listening <laughs> I was to disappearing. The- <laughs> but you got to be prone in a bush. <laughs> oh, sorry. My bad. I'm crouched next uh, to a truck. That's right. And see, and if you're listening to the audio only version of this, you miss all of the stuff that we do on YouTube. So once again, please check out YouTube, see what you've been missing. Go ahead and drop us a sub. We're very close to a thousand subs on YouTube, which is a major milestone for the show. And we'd like to thank the community because it's all because of you guys. We're very thankful for everyone who's come on board on this journey with us. I can't believe it's been six months since we've started this. And I just can't believe Crazy. How many awesome and cool people that we've met and just been able to hang out with. It's it's a real blessing and we've really enjoyed all of it. So thank you. Thank you for that. Uh, once again, if you'd like to get a hold of the show, you can email the show at xpmedia2020 at gmail.com. And if you are listening to this on the audio side, uh, if you're on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you can listen to a podcast, Please drop us a review or a rating or however that works on the platform of your choice that really helps the algorithms and the various platforms recommend the show to more people. And hopefully it it's, can help some more people get better at the game or they can laugh at me because I'm playing the game wrong. One, one of those two things. So I don't, I don't know, man. 10 million rubles. I think they're going to laugh at me this week, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's pretty good, but. Anyways, that's about all we have for this week. So good luck, everybody, with your raids. We hope you're all doing well, and uh, take it easy. See you, everybody. Thanks. Bye.